0: message is all about gratitude, but also uh, confession. There's two forms of worship, gratitude and confession, that help us to right-size our egos. In Christianese, we want to say that these are practices that humble our hearts. So we've just experienced one movement of prayer where you were invited to interact and, and embody gratitude. Someone has said gratitude is a worship affection. I like that. Worship affection. Affections are different from feelings. I can have feelings all by myself. Amen? I can sit in my room and have all kinds of feelings in my life all by myself. But affections need a target. And in worship, God is the target, and gratitude is an affection. It's that feeling that we just have sort of stirred up in ourselves this morning, that sense of, oh, just so grateful, so thankful, so so freshly in love with the one who is in love with me. So we learn to praise God not only for who He is, but also for what He's done and how He saved us. So so in other words, with with, with gratitude, it is, all, it is God for God's sake, but it's also God for all He's done for us, the God of our salvation. And that can have a humbling effect on us because... Anytime I'm thanking someone else for what they've done for me, I have to be at least slightly aware that I am not self-sufficient, that I'm I'm not a self-sustaining creature, that in order to survive, I need others, and ultimately, I need an ultimate other. Does that make sense? So the the expression of gratitude toward God, my ultimate other, brings to the surface all the ways I am not all I think I am. I, I I don't get it right all the time. I want to be strong, but I'm not. I want my yes to be yes and my no to be no every single time, but I get it wrong all the time. I want to fix it myself. <laughs> I hear the amens over here. <laughs> but I don't, have, I don't have it in me to fix it myself every time. And when I try, I can make things worse. Let me get an amen on that one. Yeah. So the psalmist is exactly right when he says that acknowledging all that about myself is a sacrifice. Do you hear it? I have to sacrifice some ego. I have to sacrifice some illusions. I have to sacrifice some of my my false self. Listen, it is a sacrifice to say how thankful I am. So gratitude deepens our understanding of just how deeply involved God is in our survival. It's a powerful practice that right-sizes ego, it reduces pride, and it gets us outside ourselves. It's not a response to everything working out. Listen, gratitude is not a response to everything working out. It is a discipline that helps us enter in to the heart of God. And listen to this. There's a huge upside to learning this practice. Gratitude is also a weapon of spiritual warfare. Look with me at 2 Chronicles chapter 20. 2 Chronicles chapter 20. It's in the Old Testament. Where where we learn from this story. It's it's like like they wrote it for us. That Gratitude is is a weapon in spiritual warfare. This is a story of a time when Jehoshaphat, the king of Judah. He was faced with a war. They said that three different The Moabites and the Ammonites and even some of the Munites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. And some people came and told him, look, a vast army is coming against you from Edom. I'm just right here in the first verses of of 2 Chronicles chapter 20. From the other side of the Dead Sea. So they are are already, this army, this this army is already in Haziz and Tamar, which is in Gedi, alarmed Jehoshaphat. What did he do? He resolved to inquire of the Lord. Right. And he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. Next week, we're going to talk a little bit more about fasting as a worship practice. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. All the people gathered to pray and fast together. And Jehoshaphat stood before that assembly to pray this powerfully honest prayer. He started by telling God what God has done. That's gratitude. That's a a gratitude principle. When you don't know what to do next, rehearse what God has done. (laughs) And so Jehoshaphat told God, power and might are in your hands. No one can withstand you. You drove the people out who were here before us and you gave this land to us and we built this temple, but you promised to inhabit it and rule over us and over all the nations. And when we don't know what to do, you should underline that phrase, when we don't know what to do. We come here to this temple that we built to house your presence, and we cry out, and we expect you to hear and rescue us. So, Joshua rehearsed God's story, acknowledged God's enoughness, and then they stood and they waited for God's response. The Spirit of the Lord came on the people, it came on one of the people, a Levite, as he stood there, and he said to them, Listen to this. Don't be afraid or discouraged. The battle is not yours. It's God's. Somebody in here needed to hear that today. You've been battling for your life, for your thing, thinking it's all up to you. But I want you to remember we've already said there's nothing that's all up to us. Nothing. Nothing. And gratitude is our reminder of that fact. So maybe today, in the middle of your sacrifice of thanksgiving, God wants you to hear, listen, this battle is not yours to fight. It's, it's, it belongs to God. So God said, verse 17, you will not have to fight this battle. You, you will have to take up your positions. You don't, you don't just get to stay home and watch Netflix while I am out there on the battlefield all by myself. Take up your position, stand firm, but watch for the deliverance that the Lord will give you. Do not be afraid. Go out there and face them, and the Lord will be with you. And then listen to what happens. Verse 21, they didn't wait to start praising God until after the thing had happened. No, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of his holiness as they went out in front of the army. Before they ever got to the battle line, they were already singing, Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. Their song was not, Thank you for what you did. or Thank you for getting me out of this. That's usually my Thanksgiving prayer. Just get me out of this, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever, which means that Wherever I'm standing on the battlefield, I am in the middle of his love. It's from everlasting to everlasting. That was the weapon they took with them onto the battlefield. And as the people began to sing and praise, verse 22, the Lord set ambushes against the men who were invading Judah, and they were defeated. You can't make this stuff up. It's just so good, isn't it? (laughs) The story says the battle was actually won as they sang and gave thanks on their way into the battle. So the principle is this. Biblical gratitude calls us to be grateful not for all circumstances but in all circumstances. Why? Because it fights against the darkness within us as it fights against the darkness around us. So when you don't know what to do next, give thanks to the Lord for His love endures forever. Rehearse what God has done and then stand and wait for his deliverance. Corey Ten Boom tells this great story. If you haven't read The Hiding Place since you were in middle school, I'll remind you of the story. They were in temporary quarters for a while, and then they moved to permanent quarters. And, and Corey talks about how when she and Betsy were, were moved into these permanent quarters, it was horrible. There were, the place was filthy first. Somewhere the plumbing had backed up. The bedding was soiled and rancid, and then, and then she saw there were no individual beds at all. It was just these huge square piers packed, three or four high, wedged. People were wedged into them, but you couldn't sit up in your own bed. She said that as, as, as she laid in her bed the first time she felt it, she was horrified. Every bed, the whole barracks infested with fleas. She 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 couldn't she couldn't imagine how to do this. She said, I don't don't even know how to do this. She she said, I don't don't even know how to live with all of this gross. And Betsy, Betsy said, her her sister, she said, remember Corey and the Bible this morning? Where was it? Read that part again. He said, I glanced down the long, dim aisle to make sure no guard was in sight, and I drew the Bible from its pouch. It was in 1 Thessalonians, I said, here it is. Comfort the frightened, help the weak, be patient with everyone. See that none of you repays evil for evil, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. Betsy said, go on, go on. Yes, do good to one another and to all. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in all circumstances. And Betsy said, That's it, Corey. That's his answer. Give thanks in all circumstances. That's what we can do. We can thank God for everything about this new barracks. Corey said, I stared at her. I looked around this foul aired room. I said, So, like, what? What can we thank God for? (laughs) She said, Well, thanks for being, that we can be, we've been assigned here together. So I looked down at the Bible and I said, Thank you, Lord, that there was no inspection when we entered here. Thank you for all the women here in this room who will meet you in these pages. Betsy said, yes, and thank you for the very, the crowding. Since we're packed in so close, that many more will hear the message. I said, all right, thank you for the jammed, crammed, packed, suffocating crowds. And then Betsy said, thank you for the fleas. Corey said, that's too much. There's no way God can make me grateful for a flea. And Betsy said, give thanks to God in all circumstances. Fleas are part of this place where God has put us. So as the days went on, they packed women into this back section of the barracks, and they would do Bible study, and nobody ever bothered them, and they couldn't figure out why. It's like they were able to do Bible study without any oversight for days and days and days and days. And then one day, Betsy figured it out. She got, uh, Corey got back to the barracks, and Betsy was waiting, and her eyes were twinkling. And she said, you know why we've never understood why we had so much freedom in the big room? She said, I found out. That afternoon, there was this confusion about the, the sock sizes, and they asked the supervisor to come and settle it. But the supervisor wouldn't come in. She wouldn't step through the door, and neither would the guards. And you know why? She said, because of the fleas. They wouldn't come in the room because of the fleas. Thank you, Jesus, for the fleas. (laughs) So when you can't do anything else, find some fleas to thank him for. Verse 27 says that after they won the battle, in the story in 2 Chronicles 20, they returned joyfully because the Lord had given them cause to rejoice, which is another Worship principle, the battle is not won so we can worship, the battle is won as we worship. So gratitude is a powerful work, worship affection. But there's another one, and it's not the opposite of gratitude, although it sort of seems like it. It's actually the complement to gratitude. It's confession. And it has a, a lot of the same characteristics as, as gratitude. It also stirs up humility because it calls us to lean on the grace of God. It's our mission that we need God. We need His forgiveness if we're going to feel forgiven. We need to admit our sins if we're going to find freedom. And historically, confession has been part of community worship, not a private thing. Confession is deeply personal, not necessarily private. So why would we do that? Why would we confess our sins in public to each other? Well, maybe we confess in community because it reminds us that our sins are not committed in a vacuum. Our sins are committed to each other. And it reminds me, I'm not some special brand of sinner next to you. I mean, uh, yeah, in front of you. And you're not some special brand of wretch in front of me. We are all fallen Paul says we all fell short of the glory of God. And when we say that out loud in worship, we breed humility, vulnerability, grace. in confession asks us to be vulnerable, but it doesn't shame us. Not good confession. It just reminds us that just like gratitude, when I confess, I have to be at least slightly aware that I am not a self-sustaining creature. In order to survive, I need grace. And ultimately, I need an ultimate grace giver who is Jesus Christ. So confession also brings to the surface all the ways I'm not all I think I am. I don't get it right all the time. Even if I want to be strong, I'm not. I want my yes to be yes and my no to be no. But so often, I fail at it. I want to fix myself, but I can't. And yet in my confession, I get to remember that God's strength is made perfect in my weakness. That the love of God is everlasting to everlasting. No matter where I stand in my life, I stand inside the love of God. Do you remember that time the disciples came to Jesus and they asked, Who is the greatest in the kingdom of, of heaven? And Jesus answered them, by calling a little child to him. He got a little, a little one right in front of him. This is Matthew 18. And then he looked at all the grown-ups and he said, unless you change and become like this one, you have no place in the kingdom of heaven. And he went on in that same passage, Matthew 16, excuse me, 18, he went on from there to talk about all the things that cause people to stumble. And he said, don't do it. Don't let yourself get wrapped up in things that cause people to stumble. Don't do it. If you do, you'll be so sorry. It would be better to cut off a hand or poke out an eye than to get caught up in things that cause people to stumble. And then he went on from there in the same passage to say, but listen, if you do wander off, I'll leave everybody to come find you. Because your Father in heaven is interested in your salvation, not your perishing. Your Father in heaven is not interested in a gotcha He's interested in it. Gotcha. Mm -hmm. Claire Marie gave me the best Christmas gift this year. Might have been her best ever. She had a a frame made, and in the frame is written, in this house, wait a minute, I got to get it right. In this house, your best will always be good enough. It's from a, it's from a saying that we said in my house all, all her growing up years. The best you can do is good enough, sweet girl. The best you can do is good enough. And she would say that to me when she'd bring me her, her report card. <laughs> a lot of times she would say, I've got my report card, but I need you to save The best I can do is good enough, right? I'm like, yeah, I guess. <laughs> in this house, the best you can do is always good enough. Father's not interested in seeing you perish. He just wants to see you found. Jesus said that. And that's the right m- mindset for the art of confession, this beautiful kind of worship that, like gratitude, helps us to right-size our egos and see the things, see them, the things that are making us stumble, and then tuck ourselves under the care of God. And listen, if we do that worship work of confession right, we end up right-packing the place of gratitude. That's where we end up, right there, because we find ourselves, by the grace of God, able to stand up from this work of confession and walk out as free people. Thank you, Jesus. Your love endures forever. So here's where I want to end this time of worship. I want to end with another movement of prayer, another sacrifice. This is a sacrifice of confession. And this time, I want to Work this around the the practice of confession. Just like with gratitude. I'm going to ask you to go a little deeper than usual. I want to ask you to listen in the spirit. And we're going to use Psalm 32 as an inspiration. Listen to this. This is David. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. Whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin the Lord does not count against them. And in whose spirit there's no deceit listen to this. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away, though my groaning, through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy on me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. But then, then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, okay, I'll confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgave the guilt of my sin. Therefore, let the Faithful, pray to you while you may be found. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. That psalm ends with this. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad. You righteous, sing all you who are upright in heart. You see, confession can dump us right back into gratitude, but we can't skip around it. So let's begin by getting silent and letting the Holy Spirit guide our thoughts. Start thinking in the Spirit about all the things you've been trying to avoid talking to God about. You'll be tempted to keep it generic, to say things like, if I sinned, please forgive me, which is no f- confession at all. You'll want to paper over the hard stuff or minimize it, defend it, but I challenge you to go deeper. Instead of trying to protect yourself during this time of confession, seek first the kingdom of God. Lord, I know my heart has been at war with some people. I might not talk like it, but I know. Forgive me. Jesus, when I think about my tendency to act self-protectively, when I get that horrible feeling that I might be abandoned, I start trying to control things that aren't mine to control. So forgive me, Lord. Father, I have issues with needing to be right, with holding resentments, With rationalizing so completely that I am no longer anywhere near truth. Holy Spirit, I confess my tendency to sacrifice character for the cause. So what's yours? Can you reach a little deeper this morning? Let the Holy Spirit lead you into that spiritual room where the child is. The one that Jesus said, this is the one that I call to myself. The one who is no guile. No fear about saying what's true. Take a moment to access that place and then begin to listen deeply. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover, my, cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess. If you're ready to confess, let's, let's create another sacrifice on the clean side of your index card. Write your confession. You just have to write one thing this is for everybody. If you finished, if you just hold your card up again so I can see who's how many, how many people are still working. We have a few people still working. I'm just going to give you another 10 seconds. So here's what I believe. I believe that God rejoices over confession just as surely as he jo- rejoices over gratitude. In fact you might rejoice over confession more. <laughs> so I think this part is harder. But if you have a confession you'd like to share out loud, if you'd like to stand, stand before you say it and then face the largest part of the crowd, I want to invite you to do that. Is there anyone here today that wants to stand and offer your confession? Taylor. Beautiful. God thank you. Receive that and we receive it together and we stand with Taylor together. Is there anyone else? Ted? I'll go again. (laughs) this beautiful, humble, faithful man feels still the distance between your holiness and his reality. So pray peace over him, Jesus. And we stand with him. We stand with him. Julia. God, I'm praying over Julia. That's so many of us. She's, that's our confession too. So often calling on you only when all the other options are exhausted. God, forgive us. We stand with Julia. Is there anybody else? Yeah. I've got let's see if, Veronica. Absolutely. That's beautiful. Lord, we stand with Veronica as she confesses that she walks in fear. <laughs> oh, that one feels so personal. So we stand with her, God, and we acknowledge the, the fear that fear is too easy a target. You've called us to something higher. Thank you. So now I want to ask you all to stand. You know, Gratitude's a little easier, isn't it? But I want to remind you, I think that God sees confession and gratitude both as reasons to rejoice. So, Lord Jesus, my prayer for all of us is that you would allow us just to offer you this sacrifice of confession. And now, all together, will you just share your confession? Just share it out loud. You can shout it or say it, however you want to do it. Just share your confession. Ready, go. God, I trust that you've gathered them all up. Like, you know what? What I'm thinking right now is where the first one, I just thought this is like throwing flowers up towards you into heaven. Is this one, is this one, God, things we see as weeds, you see as just misplaced beauty. (laughs) Thank you, God, for the weeds that bear flowers. And thank you for the fleas. And thank you for all the ways that you love us, Jesus. Thank you that if we confess our sins, you are faithful and just, and you will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Thanks for taking the time to listen to our message. If you live in the area and are looking for a church home, we'd love to see you. Visit us or check out our website at mosaicchurchevans.org for more information. May God bless your day.